This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of the Talking Pod Podcast. The things of all pop culture. I'm your host, Stefan Scores. Joining me is my co-host, Biko. Hello. Hey, guys. You know... Near the end of Pride Month, you know, hope everyone had the celebrations last weekend. I don't know, like, a lot of, like, stuff been going on, pretty much, like, sporting events. Twice, like, Guru had, like, rainbow-centric, like, like the advertisements were all, like, rainbow colors. I know, like, in Germany, they were trying, like, they were trying to have, like, the stadium, like, in Munich, try to have the stadium, like, light up in, like, the lights. But it said, UEFA said no. Of course it is. I don't know if it was UEFA or was it the German side, but I think it was the German side, but UEFA said no. I think they had to settle with just having um, pretty much like all the ads during the games during the last like the knockout stage was all like in rainbow color centric, which is kind of cool. I mean, that's cool. All now, Pride is being accepted more. Like Pride Month is starting to be more and more accepted now than it was in years past. I mean, I think it. It's all June has always been Pride Month, but now it's like more communities are opening up to it now. Yeah, it, it, it's nice to see even after the years. I I've been to. Four Pride Parades? Remember, we had that one when we went to Canada that like years back. And then, yeah, and then the World Pride in Toronto. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, like four or five. Well, I guess you can count that five. And, like, yeah, just the amount of numbers of people who come and show support is, is pretty cool to see. Uh, the last time I went to one in Chicago uh, was 2018. Mm-hmm. 18 because I went, yeah, I went 2017 and 2015. I went as well, but like, yeah, and it's nice to see even like in the surrounding areas, like even town, even for the past couple of days that I've driven down these little towns, you see more flags, more like rainbow flags, and, and and more communities showing support. Obviously, it's not every house, but it is nice to see that their homes that are offering or expressing. That they are having support and acceptance. Even churches too, like people. some churches even have flags too. Yeah, right. There's and and God, like I I respect churches for doing that because they are at least, um, they're at least standing by the virtues and the values that I guess they use that religious con- construct to live their lives by. So I think it's cool um, to see more churches doing that and. I honestly preaching what they what they value and, and I I hope it's not because it's like a financial thing because I I, I can't help but to think that's why UEFA does it it's just corp it, they're doing it because of you know corporate shit and then you have the others who actually have some sort of principles or values to their business or product or service that they provide so I think it's nice to see that um, even even more like the amount of job applications I fill out that they even give you those options as well. And, um, it's nice. I, I like that there at least is a semblance of an option to not let people feel like they have to be put in this this weird construct that they don't really identify or live their life on. And, like, it is tough sometimes. We, we can't expect everything to change right away, but I think, like, it's those little things that are very important as well. I think when it gets implemented in a daily life, people are going to start to be a little more accepting and tolerable. And honestly, people just need to talk. I think that's the problem too. Um, a lot of this stuff, and maybe it's just 
I know UEFA's doing it maybe because they obviously are going to protect their brand and however they. Well, at feel least they're is, like I said. At least they're able. But I know there's some. But fans I, I don't like at least shit. It's just more or less like I know what like because UEFA's still tied to FIFA, right? And we FIFA's corrupt as shit. So it's more or less like. But I'm seeing now like teams now are showing their like their yeah. support. Like I think um. The team I follow, like in Mexico Club America, they they're doing during their selling like these jerseys, um, with the colors, and it says like this game does not discriminate on there on the. I think that's where it translates. I have to look and see what it says, but it's like support, support, and like any profits from it goes towards you know the communities, the LGBTQ um, plus some um, communities as well, and I think too recently um, I saw this. Let me pull it up because I know an artist and she's well known. She's a Japanese artist. Um, she recently... Let me see if I can find her name. Uh, here we go. She actually... Um, she made some headlines a few days ago. Let me pull it up here. Uh, if you're not familiar with her, her name is Hikaru Utada. She's Japanese-American. Um, she's done a lot of music, and of course, um, she's mostly known as you know the voice behind the songs for Kingdom Hearts she did like the songs for all three opening and closing themes especially the part three was the recent one she did with uh, Skrillex Face My Fears which is a good song Um, she made headlines uh, actually yesterday um, says here this is from Kotaku.com and the headlines is Hikaru Utada's non-binary which is all a happy pride month and according to the article, it says here, Karuta, one of the biggest selling artists in Japan, announced that they are non-binary. In a recent live stream, the artist said, you know, it's the month of June, and I'm non-binary, so happy Pride Month. And it says here when she, this is what she says, I guess she's, this is the quote that she said on her Instagram. She's like, this is what she said on her Instagram. It says here, I'm sick of being asked if I'm Miss or Mrs. or choosing between Miss, Mrs. or Miss for everyday things. It makes me uncomfortable to be identified so markedly by my marital status or sex. I don't relate to any of those prefixes. Every time I feel like I'm forced to misrepresent myself, I long for an alternative option, one that anybody of any gender or social standing can use. And right thus far, I looked it up and discovered that MX, um, pronounced as Mix, has been suggested. That's awesome. I hope it comes more widely used. I'm afraid my idea for neutral prefix has come too late. So. That's what I thought. Sorry, guys. Sorry. The Man's passing my. Like, what are these bells chiming? And it's the Man. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm so glad he's around. Uh, but yeah. So. So that person, they got under fire in, in the media for that? No, she's actually getting praise from it. It's just that Japanese TV had explained it, what they mean. It says here... Oh, that's cool. What well, Nineberry means. Like, let me see. They didn't, like... Like, a lot of people are showing their support for, like, they or... Like I said, that's... That's what, um... Fortunately, she just decided, you know, like I said... It, like I said... It, like I said, it's more common now. It's like if people are getting tired of the gender norms and gender prefixes, like they can go with an alternative route because it's like, you know, why are we feel comfortable with? Because I don't think she, either they face like backlash or anything. But I guess it's like the, I guess like mix is like, it's M, it's like a uppercase M and lowercase X, so it's like mix, I guess that's how it's pronounced. So it's sort of using as the, the prefix right now. Yeah. 
So, I don't think... He finds... What is her name? Uh, her name is Hikaru Tada. Yeah, she's a Japanese-American artist. Like, she's not... She's done the music... She's done many tracks, but... She's more, like, well-known internationally the, the, for working on the Kingdom Hearts games, like, the music-wise. Cool. For the opening songs for all three games. Like I said, the recent one she did was Face My Fears, which is the one that she did in collaboration with Squidlix. Sweet. And she did it both in Japanese and she did it in English. So, so I kind of figured this kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, like I said, we are approaching the end of Pride Month, so, you know, I want to give some time. Because I know there's, um, there's a bunch of animes out there. As well, I know I'm, trans- I'm transitioning to animes, but there's some that, so many that are actually like Yaoi or like Yuri animes come to mind. And, you know, for people who don't know, who not read manga, who not read like watch anime, you see Yuri's pretty much like, you know, girl and girl like relationship. Oh. Yaoi's like boys love, pretty much that's what it means. And it's really popular among the female uh, readership and viewership. But there's some that are actually really good. And, you know, it's like, I think Given is one of the most recent ones that came out recently. That's a Yaoi um, anime. I think it's based on a manga that I can talk about. Uh, Blooming to You is another one that came out that was more recent. That's um, Yuri based. And it's kind of cool because, like, I'm good. Like, right now, I got like, so much anime to watch right now. I just finished, like, a few right now. And. I might have to jump in one of those. Like I said, one of my things, one of my year's resolutions is to check out animes are pretty much like out of my comfort zone, like genres out of my comfort zone. I might have to check those out as well because I know everyone keeps talking about those. Especially on my anime list, people talk about those animes, especially during Pride Month. So if you want to get stuff. You want something different, right? Like you listen to pop music so much, you got to get a different flavor. It's just like anything. Like, that's... Uh... That, and that's cool that like you're, you've kind of like since you've you've taken in so much anime for the past two decades of your life that like they, you were able to like instead of like for instance my limited knowledge instead of like just resulting to your typical animes that are like revolve around like for instance we'll say like the ja- the Dragon Ball Z uh, Dragon Ball like the classics pretty much yeah like your, your standard like pretty much the cookie cutter ones at this point not not uh, Naruto but like Along that lines, like Dragon Ball Z now, compared to a lot of the animes that spawn from that, and all in general, obviously mm-hmm. with different production houses and studios yeah. that are involved, like it's cool to see that like anime has grown to involve other types of stories to be told, and not just like talk, 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 action that only lasts about one episode, and then nothing but exposition build up, and there's not really much of a progress in the story, like from. To think about and looking back, it's like it was cool to see like the the Cell Saga, the Frieza Saga. Like to hear sagas in, in a cartoon is kind of interesting to hear. That's outside of a book, but it's like when you look back on it as a kid, when you think about those hours of episodes that you spent as a kid watching these, and the most action you got was the like the last two episodes of the saga because yeah. all that was is just like Goku standing hundred feet away from Frieza. I know and they're just telepathically talking to each other and powering up. Oh, I, you'll fucking see. It's like. Oh, you'll fucking see once I power up to level 9,000. And then Freeze's just laughing. <laughs> you can never, like, fucking go up to 9,000. It's like, that's all it was, really. Like, Goku's nice and a character we all liked and shit, but let's it, cut the crap. But like I like, said, That's like, all it was half the time. But if you look at it from, like, a manga standpoint, yeah, the manga... The, see, that's the one thing, like, back then when it came to anime getting all... Adapt, like, animes adapting from manga, it's like... 
the manga what it is it's like you know each chapter goes to a certain plot and the next chapter they're moving on the plot but the problem is for like this for anime like to stretch out that so long they had to put something in what they call filler episodes yeah, yeah and yeah. Dragon Ball Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were notorious for it because it's like I mean even like when I because like I said I grew up watching those I grew up watching Dragon Ball when it first came out of course we got we had to get we had to settle for like the cheesy dub version which yeah. Funimation didn't have the rights to yet it was done I forgot what production house did it but they had a lot of episodes in that, and of course, you know, the best ones, I remember watching Dragon Ball Z in Mexico, and it was like, in our grandparents' house. Yeah, it was funny. And that was more Spanish. uncut, because it wasn't cut, you know, yeah. it was more uncut, uncensored, so, uh, but it had so much filler, especially, you know, for example, when Goku, you know, he was, he was about to start the journey on Snake Way, to get to um, Kaioshin's house, you know, to get to his house, and pretty much, um, Need to get his house. Oh, I forgot what's his name. Dang it. Ah, I'm not going to go look up Dragon Ball because, like I said, I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z in a while. King Kai's house. There we go. King Kai. So, basically, you had to go visit King Kai. You had to visit King Kai. So, pretty much, in the manga, you know, it always shows him starting the journey. And they show him, like, running, the transition of running. And then, like, by the next chapter, he's at the end. But, of course, you know... The anime production house Toei at the time was like, you know what? If you want to stretch this out more, let's start adding these things. Like these like little diversions that in case of point, that's when, you know, they start creating these characters that are not in the manga to kind of stretch that, you know, that plot really much. So that's what we ended up getting like the whole, you know, that's why they end up having these sagas where... Because in the manga, it shows, you know, when they're all trained, like, after Goku got killed by Raditz and stuff, and he's in heaven, and, um... Oh, fuck, yeah, that's right. And then the Saiyans are coming, and, of course, everyone goes to do their training. It only shows, like, in the manga, there's only, like, a few panels of them all doing their thing. Like, there's some... Like, they do show some, like, the Piccolo training go on stuff, but that's it. Like, it was only for a few chapters, and Goku's just still running on Snake Way, but that was it. But it didn't show Goku, like, me running into Princess Snake. That was an original character for the anime. So, like I said, they try to stretch as much as they can, and they had these other things they are doing while they were training that was never in the manga itself. Because, you know, the studio needs to, you know, cover the block, and use the block, and expand the story. So that's why they came up with filler episodes, just to stretch out the plot as much. So that way they can keep it going, even when kids are not in school, they're at home watching, you know, the anime, pretty much. And, like, and it's funny that, like... Uh, I mean, from what it's worth now, they're filler episodes, but I th- I'm sure the people that were, like... Running the ship there, uh, uh, for at least Dragon Ball Z, knowing how much like how much attention they got and how much success they were built to grab the American audience, the Western audience, it would be it's like it's 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 like they had all the power and then that's what they decided to do was like extend it instead of like actually working on like now that we have their attention, let's actually put in some like cool shit, like because for all it's worth, it was cool seeing these characters be like stronger than ever and then like i think the later on the later iteration so like when majin buu came in like i don't like obviously i I came in spurts with dragon ball z but that's like i still to this day like the memes that came from that but like i still to this day remember how entertaining it was when they brought majin buu into he's such a fucking weird character but they made it its own and like that was a long ass time too and there's so much filler but like that filler yeah, because in the manga, Majin Buu was in, like... I think Majin Buu was, like, I don't know how many volumes. Because, like I said, I have the whole Dragon Ball run. 
manga run. I think it was like a few volumes for that saga itself. Like I said, it the anime like go like the anime does stretch it out because like I said, I just finished Dragon Ball and I'm barely on Dragon Ball Z. I'm barely on see, when they're, they're like, not even at Planetemic yet. That's where I left off because I with all these new animes. With is all these new animes out, it's like it's like I get sidetracked and like catch up on the new seasons. Because like I said, last year kind of sucked for anime because of the COVID, you know, pandemic. So it wasn't not that much of anime out new wise, but at least because of like, like My Hero Academia season four took a delay because of the COVID and stuff, and they barely finished that season. And then pretty much everything got pushed back to this year. Like this year, there's like so much anime this year. And like coming up in July, like this month. Coming up at the time of this recording, but there's a lot of like animes coming out this month, and it's like people are like, and I just saw, and like I said, there's some that are continuing like season two, like the time that time I got reincarnated as a slime is coming up back with season two part B, and then there's some new animes coming out as well. Some are coming back to like a new season, so you got some returning ones, and then you got some of these new properties. Um, one thing I did remember, um. So, no, our mutual friend Mondo, like, pretty much, you know, probably be excited. I know Funimation just announced a deal with um, Harmony Gold, and they're bringing back the Robotech series available in the street for the first time, and possibly first time on Blu-ray. And that's a series that, um, if you want to watch, like, I recommend if you want to check out the history of Robotech, um, Toy Galaxy is a YouTube channel I follow, and you do these, like, retrospective, like, stories about what happens to these, like, properties, these IPs. They've done a phenomenal job, and you gotta watch, like, the history of Robotech, because they talk about it, because Robotech was pretty much the intro of the West to anime, basically. It was, like, it was, like, U.S. intro to anime, Robotech, and Robotech was, like, three different, like, properties, three different IPs put in together, basically. It was three different, like, animes in Japan, but Harmony Gold decided, you know what, let's put it all in one story. All for a sense of interesting, you know, they changed the names of the characters, they kind of mixed with the plot a little bit, they cut a few, few things out, and or, and also, too, they sell merchandise as well. But at the time, you know, Japan had their sights on the, the Western market. It was just a whole, you know, how people got accepted because it's different because people grew up, you know, watching like He-Man or Thundercats or G.I. Joe. Even though people don't realize most of those most of those cartoons were outsourced to Japanese animators. Oh hell yeah! But of course, at that time it's like it wasn't like there wasn't a true just like all Japanese production. And so you know, Robotech came along, and then all of a sudden we ended up getting like Voltron. Of course, Voltron was different here in the US. I remember Voltron back in the day. Of course, the one that on Netflix is really cool. Definitely recommend it because I'm one of the creator, one of the writers or co-creators from. Uh, from uh, Avatar Last Airbender, worked on Voltron Legendary Defender for Netflix. Oh. And you can tell it just by the art style. It was like the characters are the art style, the characters and then and the story was really good too. Like it was like it was like a reboot of Voltron, but it was really good because it was like it was fleshed out. The characters were more fleshed out. And it had like that big narrative all the way through the end and definitely something I recommend. And yeah. So like I said, they made that like Funimation made that announcement like a month ago that they got a deal with they struck a deal with Harmony Gold to bring Robotech to Funimation streaming, but also eventually have it available on Blu-ray and possibly I'm not maybe soon they might have a new IP for it. Because I remember um, 
Hey, our buddy Mondo, like when we visited him last time, he said he had the books, like the novels based on Robotech. And it's, it was a really popular Man, He likes reading up on shit like that. I remember he showed me one of his Star Wars. Um, I think he has a book on just like the fucking, like the weapons and shit of Star Wars. Like, it's like a whole ass encyclopedia. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I, I and like it's nice that Netflix is going to continue. And then like right now with Netflix with Sailor Moon, I guess Sailor Moon started getting attention now because I guess they released the films. The memes, man. They released the films on Netflix, like the, I guess from Sailor Moon Crystal because Sailor Moon Crystal is kind of like, you know, the more following the manga version. Because mm. don't don't get me wrong, there was the original Sailor Moon that I remember growing up on at that time. And it was done by Toei still, but um. It was loosely based on the manga, but of course the version we got in the U.S. Of course, Deke Entertainment took care of the editing, the dubbing, and they changed the music. And of course, even the English version of the music is still popular. It's more recognizable of it. But Sailor Moon Crystal itself, when they released it years back, it's the more definitive version of Sailor Moon because that's more take on the manga itself. Like the characters look more like what they look in the manga. It's more, the characters are more fleshed out, and it's much better, which I haven't checked out yet, because, of course, Hulu has the the original cinema anime, but the first time, they have it on cut with a new voice cast. Well, what's cool about it is, with the dub, they kept all the Japanese names. Versus what Deke Entertainment did, they changed the names. They wanted to try to make an American sounding. And so we ended up getting, like, Onigiri, which is like a rice patty, was changed to a jelly donut. Remember Pokemon? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Then it changed. Pokemon had a lot of, like, editing with kind of, That's why Four Kids became notorious for that. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get out a rant on Four Kids. Because, yeah, they were great. You know, they brought us anime, but it just. It, I don't know. One story says that it was the network that made them do the changes. Ugh. Because they were on Fox and stuff, so they had to make it more Americanized. Fox was worried that Japanese animation was going to brainwash people, Americans' lives. Fox was worried about that. Fox, the network, was worried that they, that Japanese animation was going to brainwash people's minds. Because I mean, with anime itself, it's like, uh, like, to me, it's like... But it's like, that's, that's it's what a, Fox's like, job like is. Like, with anime, it's like... But think about it. If we weren't for Walt Disney, we wouldn't get Astro Boy. Well, that, that's because Astro Boy was inspired. Like the creative Astro Boy was inspired by Walt Disney. Yeah, but I also I don't know. Like, I, I we put Disney on such a pedestal, and it's hard to not believe that. Like, it's hard not to believe that there weren't other animators that were talented. I think that he just got to his first, and it does help that his brother had a, a good amount of money to help him out with to yeah. start the company. Uh, creatively wise, right? And, uh, and no fault to him. It's just that, like, I, I'm sure it helped propel that to have more Japanese animation come to the states. It's just that I hope, I wish that, like, and we're seeing it now, right? Like, like now it's more, becoming more prominent, and that's good. And I like what Japan did was like years back they signed a bill saying they, it's the whole project, like the culture sharing project that Japan yeah. has, where they're trying to share like not only a culture aspects. But also, like, besides, like, through anime, through manga, through even, like, now there's, like, like food services now 
that you can get like snacks from Japan now delivered to your house now, so you get the experience yeah, where great. everyone else gets the experience. But dude, in Japan they have like a billion Kit Kat. Factory, oh no, dude. yeah, and that's what sucks. That internationally, there's so much cool shit that we can that we have we have access to, but we also don't have access to because frankly they want they don't want us to have it for some strange reason. But it's like it's like we're but God forbid we send anything out, right? Yeah. We do it that shit all the time. It's just like. It's strange that, like, yeah, there's... I remember my friend Sochi gave me, like, that matcha green tea, uh... This snack thing he gave me. And it was really fucking good. I was like, well, how did you get this? And I don't think he has that subscription box, but, like, he's such a foodie with that stuff. But that's what I mean. Yeah, like, there's some out there you Unless can you go to, like, a designated place that has that stuff, it's like, why the fuck... It's like, why can't they do that? They could do that with other stuff like that, but why not, like, IP? Because, like... What's the thing we America always fights with is with China stealing our, pro- our like intellectual property shit. But then it's like, well, if we it's like if if we do something similar like what Japan does to where there's actually an initiative to spread culture and make it as a positive. See, that's what Japan is doing. So we can yeah. embrace shit like with everything like, else. They realize now it's like now like like now like these manga creators now like well because when like, they come here like you know like. When the creator of My Hero Academia came here for his first Comic Con, when they were like previewing like the anime and stuff, he he said in his panel like the interview like a while back, he's like he was amazed, yeah, how much My Hero Academia has a big fan base. And right now, it's like now, you know, it's one of the most common animes right now. You can go around, you see a bunch of My Hero Academia merch because due to the fact that I think he picked a good time to come out with the manga, especially during the rise of the superhero. Film, boom. Mm-hmm. He was able to capitalize on that. Was it the whole superhero boom? Because there's not that many like superhero esque like mangas out there. Besides all uh, another popular and cool that got a lot of traction was One Punch Man. Yeah, which is really good, dude. I recommend. I definitely recommend it to you if like into the heroes, but definitely finish My Hero Academia first. But get into One Punch Man. It's on Hulu. You can watch a sub or dub. Watch a sub first because that you get that good reaction from you know the characters. But that's why Saitama is always... He was, like, used a lot in memes. Um, because the creator of One Punch Man is also the creator of Mob Psycho as well. Mob Psycho 100. So even anime as well. But because of My Hero Academia, it's like... It blew up so much, it's like, it's more common. Mm. Even it's used in memes, and it's like... Even now, it's like... Even, like, even recent seasons, like, they were so, like... People compare it to the manga and stuff. Of course, you know, one thing, you know, you know, these anime students try to, like, make the character design similar to the manga. But, of course, they kind of make a few tweaks here and there. Because with the manga, you're only limited to, like, their 2D. But, you know, try to make it, you know, almost like a 3D aspect of it. Not, like, super 3D, but try to give, like, life to that character. Yeah. It's like right now, recently with the My Hero Academia, they just, like, ended the... The training arc between Class One A and Class One B. I mean, the manga wise was really good, but seeing it animated, oh my god, dude, it was so good. Yeah, like seeing those scenes, those seeing those action scenes come out animated wise versus reading it was really, it was a really good job. They did really like the, the Toho Studios and Studio Bones, Toho Animation Studio Bones did a phenomenal job animating that arc, and people were just like. Why is it dragging? It's the most boring. It's not the boring arc. It's really interesting because you get to see these. Because everything's mostly focused on Class One A, but you don't see much of Class One B. And then you see these students from Class One B. They're more interested to see. 
in Gowers Worship is they have quirks that you never thought imagined. You know, there's a girl that became real popular because she has the power to, to grow fungi. And she, like, you know, she can create spores and so, like, fungus spores to the point she can incapacitate her opponent. Hmm. Because all she does is spray and try to make it humid, and, you know, fungus grows in humid climates. She's able to control that. And I have one that's like, she, there's one character, she, her quirk was like, you know, poltergeist, like she can control objects. As long as they go like, as long as a, like she can lift the items, you know? And we have one that's like, like we got to see all these quirks, and you finally get to see, you know, Deku finally get like his powers evolving and stuff, one, one for all. Mm. <laughs> like his powers evolving as well, because right now he's going through that. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to the next arc, because the next arc's going to be phenomenal. It's, to me... Which I just got the recent volume <laughs> on Sunday, volume twenty-eight right now, and it's like it's one of the longest running arcs right now. I, I know the creators ending the the manga. It's almost coming to an end this year. Hopefully, they're saying possibly by the end of this year the manga is going to end soon. Like right now, he just he just started writing the final chapter, hmm. the final arc basically because they do arcs, so it's the final one, and. You know, right now they just this past week I didn't take it like a week off or something, just a break, you know, from the anime production. Um, and because the next arc could be the biggest arc I ever seen in the manga itself, because the villains finally step up. <laughs> you get to see the League of Villains step up, and it's a really good arc, dude. It gets like super dark and stuff, and Deku gets pushed to his limit. It's like he's involving. As well, like all all the students are evolving. This is why I like my hero games. Like I said, people that enjoy like superheroes and these quirks and stuff that people have, like these abilities that you can never dream of, and it's like no more in their society. <laughs> you know, and they go to school, they get an education, they learn how to control their powers, you can develop moves, and you know, eventually, internet hero agency to the point where they get their provisional license. It's almost like you're getting your driver's license, pretty much. And eventually, if everything goes well, once they graduate, you know, from the academy, because it's like a high school, they get jobs at a hero agency. And they get to work with the pros. And so right now, like, at this point, spoilers for anyone that has not read the manga and watched the anime, right now, in the anime so far, they just, last week, they just showed, like, Deku, um, Bakugo, and Todoroki going to their first day of meeting, going to Endeavor... Toroki's dad's like hero agency because you know they all got approved to go to work study again sorry they all got approved to go to work study again and you know Deku eventually went with Grant Torino he was, he, the last one was Mr. Sir Night Eye of course Sir Night Eye passed away and right now his assistants are like his sidekicks are taking over agency but they're too busy they take him on so Toroki like Ibako was my best genius of course best genius one of the top heroes here he's missing at the time and Toroki, you know, being, you know, the common person he is, he's like, hey, if you guys want, you can, like, come with me and work with my dad's, and we can do work studying my dad's, and you just see, and like, I can help you get in, and, like, they, like, they, they're like, they grateful. Of course, on Bakugo, typical Bakugo, you know, he try puts it off, because there's an interview they did, it was so hilarious, and they were interviewing Toroki and Bakugo, and the and reporter's like, are you guys, like, friends? Bakugo says, no. Toroki's like, yes. <laughs> and, like, and, like, answers, and then Toroki and Bakugo got mad, because they didn't even use any of my lines for the interview. And that's when they had to have, like, they had one of the pros come into the school, and they're like, I don't give away a lot of the episode, but it's still funny, because um, they end up, like, 
one of the pros come around, she's called Mount Lady, so she has the ability to grow big, kind of like Ant-Man almost, you can get giant size. So she's there as a visiting like pro to help, them, help all the students like how to properly conduct themselves when they give out interviews, basically like for conferences like based on their work. Freaking, um, but Dorita freaking acts like a blockhead to the point he turned like a Lego person, like a black person because he was so nervous and about talking and stuff. <laughs> It's real funny. It's like, I'm only surprised there's like a lot of memes on it right now. But like I said, it's because of that. It's becoming like that anime and besides Naruto are still recognizable. Even though Naruto ended like years ago, it's still talked about. You cannot go anywhere like a Target or something and not see see Naruto merch or even Dragon Ball shirts or Sailor Moon or My Hero Academia. Now you see all those three. My Hero Academia made up the same ranking as like Naruto now. And, like, I saw, um, what's his name, Lil Nas X. I guess they had the BET Wars, and he had his, like, dress outfit. And on the back of it, he had a shout-out to Naruto. He had the villain pain etched on the back of his clothes, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. That's a big anime fan right there. It looks so cool, the way it was designed. Yeah. And it's one of the villains of Naruto. And, of course, Michael B. Jordan, he said in interviews, he's a big anime fan. That he's not, like... He, he, he asks him what's his favorite anime, he always says Naruto. This is his favorite anime. Like, pro athletes do it. Like, there's like pro football athletes that are big anime fans. But it's like, it's kind of hard. Like, it's because based on like their work and stuff, I don't know if it's because people hold to a high standard. It's like, oh. No, it's just, it's that, like, being into stuff like that isn't necessarily always associated with someone who is also very athletic. Yeah. Or participates in, like, physical fitness shit. Like, it's never... I think it's still hung up on that old caricature stereotype that uh, only a certain type of person would enjoy anime and all that stuff. And, and it's nice to see that there's people, even in the celebrity spotlight, that are are feel very free in expressing that shit. And I think it'd be different if it was somebody else who said... Like, if it was Pete Davidson fucking going out and saying, like, oh, I like anime, people would just be like, yeah, you look like you do. Because <laughs> he just sounds, it just looks like any other guy. But then, like, it's cool that we see Michael Jordan, Michael Michael B. Jordan saying that Michael Jordan likes anime. But, like, if Michael B. Jordan likes anime, I think it's dope, too. And for one, I mean, I'm sure he'll, like, continue to voice act and stuff as well. Oh, yeah, I gotta find, like, Genlock is a really good. That's yeah, the thing he works it's, on. It's good, like, yeah. it's only gonna help anime in the West, in Western society grow, especially in America. Um, and more of these houses, like, I just saw, like, if it's not going to be the podcast arena, more or less, like, we're going to see more animation and anime find its way on Netflix and find its way on Hulu, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus. I saw, like, five ads today of just them in general. It makes me not want to get it even more. But it's, like, we're going to still continue to see that stuff. Um, and I think it's, like, to, I know this has become an anime episode, but it's kind of interesting kind of change of pace. But that's fine. We'll talk. We'll keep talking anime. But like I said, like going back to like the nineties, you know, anime was still like in its dormant. Like very few stations carried it, and the only time a local station would carry it was like usually like eight, early in the morning. That's when they used to show Dragon Ball. Court until Cartoon Ever took a gamble and decided. Or well, kids to, are awake. And kids school. are awake. And then all of a sudden, you know, Toonami. Mm-hmm. When when Cartoon Ever came out with Toonami, to like they came out with that to produce like their own like afternoon block because they're to me they get a lot of credit too. Cartoon got a lot of credit too because they were able to bring these anime shows to the U.S. 
But of course, during that, the first it was an app, people forgot, Toonami was an afternoon block. It was like the afternoon block of Cartoon Network. So you had, you still had Sailor Moon, you had Dragon Ball, of course they were dubbed. Um, they had, a, they were only allowed to show the dub, like the dub, not the uncut versions. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, then they had Dragon Ball Z and all that stuff. It wasn't until like, 2000, like 2001 when Adult Swim came out and Adult Swim started showing anime and they ended up introducing everyone to Cowboy Bebop. And to me, when I tell everybody who one gets into anime, if you want to go with the classics, I definitely recommend the classics. Start with Dragon Ball. Work yeah, it's got to be like an essential like list that you should like. It's like there's, it's like you have to go to this rite of passage of, of different anime. Like if you want to go with Shonen, yeah, go, if you want to go yeah. traditional Shonen, which is pretty much Shonen, Shonen means it's more for the male demographic. Shoujo is for the female demographic, like Sailor Moon. That's Shoujo. Dragon Ball, Shonen. That's what it means. Like Shonen and Shoujo are like means male, female. Yeah, that's what it means. What it means. But versus like for, like for me, like say for example. For you, for example, you said you you saw Dragon Ball Z in spurts. If I recommend you, will you go back and see it again? Will you actually sit down and watch it? I don't know because like, and that's the thing. I don't know if it, I doubt they've ever gotten away from fillers, but it's more or less like what is what is I've seen the change over the years is that they. Um, it's been like very less fillers I noticed now. It's been well that and what I mean in like in the sense that but if it like like the movies the movies are way better produced and a better story that they put out there. But the problem compared the, to the show. see the problems with the films the only none of them are canon. The only one yeah, that, and that's fine. Like the that's only one the, that yeah, like the, the only one that it's is, fine for the casual viewer. But what's cool about the one that's actually is canon mm-hmm. is the recent one they did was Dragon Ball Super Broly. Yeah. Broly is following now a canon character in the universe. Fucking thirty years or so of already knowing he was around. But that's the okay, so for instance with that thing, right? It's like, okay, so finally the movies are somewhat catching up to canon. But then like you're gonna piss off all the people who only follow canon. Like, who's like it's like the same reason people get pissed off at the Marvel movies that not everything is exactly like the comics. Um and it's funny because Jay Z said it best when he made um, after the Black album because people were always talking about like yo this isn't the same Jay Z as the Blueprint one and two and it's and the three and all that and it's like when he's like if you like my old shit buy my old albums on Ninety Nine Problems he says that clearly if you like my old shit buy my new old albums then mm-hmm. so it's like it's like that right like if you're gonna complain that this thing isn't the main and I'm saying not you personally but if they're people part of the fandom there are people in fandoms who take it to a toxic level and it oh, becomes yeah. oh, a very God, yeah. it becomes the exact thing that's the complete opposite of what a fandom truly can curate based on you know a love for a specific thing so it's just like it's like a nitpicky right so yeah it's like it's not canon but then it's like well do you want to appreciate the movie being created like even the academia the my hero academia we i've watched two movies with you now or maybe the one and i i actually thoroughly enjoyed the movie like, the show, obviously, would take me a while to get into. Not not saying person, it's like I know a good amount of it, so where it's like, yeah, it's going to keep me interested. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's that's an exception to where it's like, okay, I'm, I know enough and it's interesting. Same thing with, like, Samurai Shampoo. Like, those, it has to be very niche on my interest. But it's like if 
I'm not going to get upset if I get, like, say, for instance, hey, they're going to put a new uh, My Hero or they're going to release the the Brawly movie on, on IMAX or whatever the case may be. Would you go? I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen Dragon Ball Z since I was a kid. But, like, I'm not going to lose anything. Even when we saw that, when they had the blue oh. hair and shit. Like, that was cool because it's oh, like, yeah, remember, oh, well, I've been I took waiting it up. to see these Oh, yeah, guys, so we went up, stuff. like, I ended up taking, um, Nico, pretty much we went to see um, Dragon Ball Z to film uh, Resurrection of F. Which yeah, is like how they brought fun. back Frieza. Yeah. Which was actually was cool because actually Toriyama had involvement in those films because it was the ones they released, like Battle of the Gods. When they did, yeah, because Battle of the Gods was like the first new Dragon Ball ZS. Because I think they did that to like get people interested because to me yeah. those were it was like a it was more like a pilot run for Dragon Ball Super. Which because, is good. I mean, because that's Toriyama how you get decided to in. go back into it because Toriyama, yeah. you know, Akira Toriyama to me, one of the OGs of manga Ooh, besides, you know, um, Mirai, who, um, Mirai-san, who did, uh, Berserk. Of course, he recently, he, like, for a few months ago, he passed away, the creator of Berserk. You know, Red R&P, dude. Like, one of, he's one of the OGs besides Toriyama up there in that echelon, having a big fan base. Like, I think what happened was, you know, Toei decided, approached Toriyama, hey, you know, I know you've been helping out with, you know, Toriyama still does, like, he still draws, but he does a lot of, like, character designs for video games. Yeah. And the ones you can tell right away, and your people have not played video games, Dragon Quest uses a lot of Toriyama's artwork. He did a lot of the character designs. So you ever play a Dragon Quest game, of course... No, it looks like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> he did the character designs. Yeah. That's it, what it, it was. It looks exactly just, yeah, it's, it's his artwork design. It's real recognizable. But like those movies were like almost like Battle of Gods and stuff. They talked to Toriyama, hey, will you come back and get into the world? He's like, sure, I'll do the character designs, I'll help with the story. So, those were like a test run and see how people will still react in Dragon Z. So, when we went to go see, I had Battle of Gods, I still have it on Blu ray. We saw, like, I don't know, you haven't seen it, but Super pretty much covers it, like I said. But, with Resurrection F was pretty much, they brought back Frieza. And dude, we went to go see it in theaters. You were amazed at how much people were, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was well. I, the theater was pretty packed that day, and then like, it was cool. And the movies, the the movie itself was entertaining enough, and like it was fine. Like even, like it, it hit the same notes. It felt like exactly what I would want Dragon Ball Z to be if it wasn't for the stupid filler shit. Like that's exactly what I want, and. That's why it's like, oh, well, I appreciate it in its movie forms because it's like, yes, it's it doesn't have canon, but, like, they 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 present you with a whole, like, obviously an engaging story. It's like, familiar an, it's characters. like, a, it's like an expansion of the universe, basically. Yeah, but it, it's actually done well because they have the time to do it, you know? And then, like, you give them a season run. I don't understand how that works, but, like, I can only assume that they put filler... Like, when you have to put a filler into something, it's just, like, why... What are you sacrificing? So you're sacrificing creative time and out and output only because they think it's not going to be financially. Because I think it's more financially they do that so they don't like. To, why to they do it. like reason I found out. I forgot why I watched it. Like I think Crunchyroll talked about it because they do these little videos where they explain yeah. it. And they said reason why they do filler is because what happens is when a manga is out, people are like to give you a short tutorial about manga is from manga. For a mangaka, pretty much to create a work, of course they come up with a storyboard, they come up with a rough draft, goes through editing, editor makes the final thing, and then releases a chapter weekly in a magazine. 
So for a manga, then it, get, it depends on the popularity of the chapters because that's what they do. Pretty much what they do is these magazines, they have a card. You pull the card out. You, you rank. Did you like this chapter? I forgot the rank is either one to five, five being the top one. And then every like quarterly, all the editors meet with the head of the publishing and decide, hey, is this work going to go on? Or they have to find a way to wrap it up, depending on the popularity. Because in Japan, they take feedback to a whole other level when it comes to feedback. They right away, they take people's feedback, like they take like the reader's feedback, you know, to heart. And it, it determines. So once, you know, a manga stays on to the point where it gets collected in the volumes. And then, of course, it becomes real popular. And it takes about roughly two years for an anime to be adapted from the manga. Two years. So what happens is, okay, it's adapted. And if the creator is still working on it, so they animate the episodes, so they adapt the episodes, but at the same time, it's like, they don't want to catch up to the manga yet. They want to give it time. So what do they do? That's where fillers come in. Fillers come in to kind of, you know, extend that bridge, so that way, by the time people are reading the manga, the anime will finally catch up to it. Right. That's why fillers come in. It's to, to expand upon the story, to expand from point A to point B, extend that that bridge but like I understand that finally get to the point but even creatively that's still even creatively it's like you know we'll use Dragon Ball Z as an example again it's there wasn't a lot of progress I mean Naruto had some filler too yeah but the filler actually wasn't bad right but they were able to learn from that like like the studio did Naruto yeah they like Studio Pro and um like there were still people doing it Studio Pro they actually like yeah they learned upon it they took the exact example of but they tried to make it interesting well, I would hope, but that's I mean, like financially, I can understand how it would help them, but like creative wise, the result of it, it didn't seem like it was that fruitful until you got more sagas, and more expansion, right? Mm-hmm. And in their case specifically, but it's like, like, and I'll use samurai, a samurai shampoo as an example. I mean, each you never episode, finish it, yeah. right? But I never felt that each episode was a filler. <laughs> No, because it, like, well, like Samurai, when I'm watching it, 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 like each episode, there's still one narrative. There's some, there's some semblance of progress between each character. There's still a goal in mind that w- that was set from the beginning, and even with the little cer- the situations they get themselves into, it still never takes away from the main plot. And it never feels like a filler because they're still they're still working on that plot and developing it while you're watching the episode. So it never feels like a filler, and that's what I mean when it, like creatively, Dragon Ball Z didn't really do that. They just like. Oh, like, yeah, we'll give time for people to catch up and do their diligence. But for how how important anime is to Japanese culture and animation and how, like, accessible it is now, I, like, I've, I think it's creatively, it's like creative suicide to do a bunch of fillers yeah, in this day and age. Yeah, it's not Like, it, it'd be creative suicide. Like, that's what now, do, That's why I mean, like, the binge shit, like, when we have, like, what Disney Plus is, right? They got us now. At the moment, because they know that like people are going to still get Disney because they're waiting for these things. But the problem they have is that they can't hold on to subscribers after the post free trial run because of that. Because so they're releasing they, all the new content weekly yeah. versus like Netflix where they release it all at once. But it doesn't. It, but that's the thing is that it doesn't guarantee that you're going to keep that subscriber because then it's like, oh well, whatever. And it's like, yeah, I have the free trial for a month. I'll pay the extra month to wait till the series plays out, and I'll cancel it because that's what you're going to do. You can create infinity amount of emails. You're only what are you limited by when you create an email? Your creativity, right? And then obviously people who had the same shit 
your same username. It's like that Snoop Dogg meme when it's like when you're setting up separate emails for that Netflix trial and he's got different wigs on. But it's that. Like, that's what I mean. And, and like, you, you've had platforms with, with like, Funimation had their own anime platform, then they had a streaming platform, and then they had a, you know, merge with other shit. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if we'll ever get a sole designated one because it's just, we're in the Wild West. Well, like, 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 well, time, like my, yeah, you had that, let's say you have Crunchyroll. It's because you have competition. That's what it is. It's all about competition. Right. Because you have, like, Crunchyroll, you know, you know, I give credit to them because, like, if it weren't for Crunchyroll, Funimation wouldn't have been inspired to release their own streaming service because Funimation at that time were just more like merchandise and distribution. Licensing, you know, doing getting the rights to dub it, but releasing more for, like, home video market and, you know, and, you know, merchandise. Until, you know, the Netflix boom where, you know, people can stream. That's when everyone got going. But Crunchyroll itself, you know, Crunchyroll before it got bought by corporations was done by these guys in California who found a way. First, they were bringing anime in. They were doing their own fan dose of it. Until finally, they were able to get, like, a crowdfunded back to actually buy the licensing from these, buy licensing from these Japanese studios to bring these animes to, like, hours after it's aired in Japan. So that way, people in the West are watching at the same time as the Japanese counterparts. Oh, yeah, you want more eyes on it. But, yeah, that's the whole thing about simulcasting. That's what I mean by yeah. simulcasting, you know. You know, they kind of coined the phrase simulcasting. And, of course, Funimation, you know, they coined the phrase simuldub. When they started doing dubs, pretty much hours after the subversion was released in Japan, they did the dub the, the same day. But, of course, you know, now, with COVID, you know, they had to change the whole thing, but now most of the voice actors are recording from, you know, their homes with the equipment. You have to go through the home. So now it's taking longer than usual, but you got to understand, we're in this time. We're still recovering, but, you know, but like I said, one for Crunchyroll, it's like, you know, we never, anime would have blown up. Because the only way you were able to get through anime, and I hate to say it, you had to, I don't want to, I don't condone it, like piracy was the only way, the only way to get to anime. Oh, hell yeah. You know, you had to go to LimeWire or LimeWire? Yeah, you had to download full episodes. Forget LimeWire, you said that's. That stuff, but I, like I mean, I guess in a sense. Of, but you had to get the fan, like the fan sub version, so it wasn't like the little translation. So imagine me, like I had to say this, well, that unfortunately I had felt victim to that because to when Naruto Shippuden came out, I had to get the I I had to watch like you know the fan sub the fan like sub version. Yeah, which to me that was my closest thing to it because like me, like I said. That time, Crunchyroll was still like in its infant stage. It wasn't around that much yet, and not many tsunami didn't have Shippuden. So, what am I going to get access to it? I had to go through the third way, which I don't like. I regret doing it. I had to deal with the you know the the, the fan subversion, which I did. Don't get me wrong; they did their best to try to translate as much as they can. But now I can go back now with Crunchyroll having it, and they have people like doing the translation, you know, the subs and stuff, and actually translating everything. Like they do a phenomenal job on it. Now I can go back and just compare it to it. Like now I can go back and watch it. Because like I said, it's all about accessibility and just having the ability to access these these libraries. And like I said, with anime now, it's like there's so many different genres of anime because it's more towards the adult market. Even though they think, oh, anime is for kids. It's not for kids. It was never intended for kids. It was always intended for the young adult to adult demographic. It's always has and always will be. And 
Yeah, they have characters that are cute too, but you can see they got adult humor in it. I think it's just the perception here. It's the perception when anime not, had that perception years back. Yeah. yeah, it's always it's always I feel like it's it's always like the same thing that um, I've seen like UK t- YouTubers reflect on how like when they come visit America, how like it's well one our food is sh- is shitty <laughs> like the amount of shit that we put in our food compared to like the basic obviously the standard of health codes and stuff they maintain in the European Union and all that stuff is going to be vastly different than ours but like when it comes to when it comes to media properties like we have a fucking show about a guy who had us go into the meth business because he was dying of cancer and he wanted to make sure his family was okay and he was a science teacher and that captivated audiences it's still probably one of the, it's going to be on the, the list of top TV series of all time and it's literally about something that not a lot of people will do, right? Yeah. But we push that in the Western, like, nothing, right? We've gotten that. Uh, reality shows don't have to go far. There's a reality show basically on everything, and it all stems from here, right? So it's just like, when it comes to anime, why the fuck are we so... Like, why is it always given the perception that... Um, like, oh, it's kid stuff. Even, like, Ninja Turtles, all that stuff. It was the same shit. People realize Ninja Turtles was, like... like they don't realize Ninja Turtles was it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, a, it, was a, it was a comic book. But that's what I mean. Like, when they sell it to us, a lot of that shit was always only sold to kids because of what? Toys. Yeah. Right? The toys opportunity. The cartoon was all toys. Shit. Yeah, it was just to push toys. And it wasn't because of the creativity. It was to make a buck. So, like, that's what I mean. It's like... Yeah, if you, read you run into comedy, that yeah. regardless. Like you can, you're gonna run into that that stifling, and that's what I mean. Like in a sense of bringing back Disney Plus and what they're doing. Like I would hope that moving forward, a lot of these that these streaming platforms move away from that weekly release shit because I think it's just not gonna work overall as we continue to for now, humans to consume now, like entertainment apparently like that, now so thanks to like how Loki did good on a Wednesday now that's gonna be the new model for new shows now they're gonna release them See? on a Wednesday now yeah catch them catch them when they're not gonna go out anymore cause everyone's going out now catch them when they're at home at the most the most likely that they'd be home in the middle of the week um Loki's a, a likened character to like yeah, get that shows retention. like Richie really like it's getting good yeah but that's what I mean it's like are, they can't only rely on making these Marvel titles, Disney, whatever you want to call it, Pixar movies. Because think about it, they release these movies once a year, maybe once every two, three years at most. Because they got like I, I, you can, you can like under, you can read their, you can predict their playbook f- from here. It's gonna be a Marvel title, then a Disney or a Pixar related one, then a Marvel thing, and then Star Wars. Oh, and then we'll bring it back to Disney. Like, it's going to be a cycle. And that's fine. Like, they have the money. They bought their properties. They could do whatever they want with it. But what I'm saying, like, creative-wise, knowing that Disney has us by the nostalgic balls, why wouldn't they... Inst- like, they already know. They already have the market space. It's like you see Starbucks, for instance. Coffee, I'm using metaphors too much. But, like, <laughs> think about it. Starbucks didn't have to go into non-dairy options or having vegan, vegetarian options or let alone offering you tea. But they did it. Why? Because we can't just only focus on selling coffee. No. They have because to, not everybody they have to drinks evo- coffee. Like, they have to evolve with the market. Yeah. They have to evolve and see what what base you want to target. It's like the same thing. Like, it's, yeah, you want to target But, like, eventually is sick of it. Like, I'm glad that, like... And, you know, we, we love Marvel for what it's worth. And, and what the, it's Well, like, for just, Marvel now, they're bringing these other heroes. Yeah, that's good. The, the they, they're doing exactly like, what they Like, Shang-Chi, if I get some recognition, he's been a character that... 
you know, I never heard of until now. It's like, he made waves. I know we talked about that when I talked about the trailer. And apparently I just read that apparently, you know, Abomination yeah, is going to make an appearance in the film. It's yeah. like, holy shit. And the problem is, it's the same Abomination from Hulk. From the Incredible Hulk film with yeah. Edward Norton. Because that technically is, even though it's not on Disney Plus, because it technically it's under Universal or Paramount. That's what happens when you let, like, good people at that's the why, home. To that's just why fuck the, off and let them do what they want. That's why Hulk and that's it. And give them the money and let do it. Technically, yeah, Universal still owns solo rights to Hulk. The reason why they can use Hulk in other works is because as long as it's an ensemble cast. No, I, I and I understand that, but like I guess what I'm trying to say is that. But with anime, it, it's the same thing. But that's what I mean. Like I didn't Anime's want the same it to. Way when it comes to like the genre, so. Yeah, I just didn't want it to like. I'd be afraid to see, considering that anime has garnered a lot of attention in the Western culture for a good amount of time, and obviously it's here to stay. So it's like the way I want to see it is like knowing that they have that power, and there's going to be certain properties that have come out the woodwork that are going to get that success. Hopefully, what I'm saying is, is there going to be a production studio that's going to overtake all that to where once they know they're the leader and what they do as far as animation goes? Is that's when you become stagnant to where you're gonna start? Because even then, like even I can get sick of half the Marvel characters they're trying to throw at us. But like you know, what I mean, I guess to wrap up, all I want to say is that like I don't want that to happen to anime because I'm I'm already seeing it when they well, fucked up like with Star Wars. We'll talk about like like yeah, we'll talk about let's take care of this ad read and we'll come back to it. We'll keep talking. So let's yeah. take care of the ad read real quick, real quick. Hey everybody, this episode of Talking Pop is powered by Podex. Podex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamified or podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. And yeah, like you said, it's like all about like getting the market when it comes to anime. It's like, yeah, it's starting to get a lot of traction here in the West. It's like to the point, it's like now, like, I've never been, like I said, with me... You know, my relationship with anime itself, it was like, like growing, like I said, growing up in the nineties, and of course, not many. I didn't know many people that got into it. Like I know I knew a few of our relatives that were into it, but the only one they kept talking about was Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, that was, was the only thing they didn't talk about anything else. And I don't know if that kind of like burned me out from because it's the same old thing. We're talking about the same old thing. I think that's what happened to me, and I got burned out from anime for a bit because they were talking about the same old thing, Dragon Ball Z this, Dragon Ball Z that. that. It burned me out. It's like, there's no more to it. But, of course, like I said, Warner for Adult Swim coming out in 2001 with, a, like, Cowboy Bebop, you know, I'm like, they brought me back into anime. That's why, to me, it's like, to me, that's like, like I said, for example, for you, it's like, if you want to get back into anime, yeah, Cowboy Bebop is a good gateway. But some Shishiro um, Watanabe, who's great director, he loves to use music. He loves. I like the plot, the story he does, and I like for a fact he accompanies a really well composed music track to go along with the work. Because if you notice, all the most of the episodes of Cowboy Bebop are your name after songs. Mm-hmm. Samurai Shampoo, Samurai Shampoo. We're watching. We still gotta finish it. We still gotta finish it, Biko, but. 
It, it was cool because it was like an alternative version of feudal Japan, which is one of the most interesting eras of Japanese history, which I got to see that thing on Netflix with the samurais, the documentary. But it had a hip-hop backing soundtrack. And, it, like, the theme itself was, like, one of the most recognizable themes. And then, of course, um, his recent one he did, um, Carol on Tuesday, is the same thing. It's he. It's a great story that has is backed by great music. And it's music that tells almost like a story. And, like, Cabo Bebop has, like, kind of, like, that jazz, blues-style music tra- musical track. Like, Samurai Champloo has the hip-hop style. And Carol Tuesday has, like, different genres of music. Because, it's like, that, that, sh- that anime itself is about two girls that pretty much, you know, they, they're, they live on Mars, but they come from two different backgrounds, and then their sheer dream is to make music. And get noticed, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's cool because they, they get these different genres of music because you see pop artists in there. I think they had, like, dub, like, like I think they had, like, you know, almost, like, dubstep in there as well. But it's, like, the director, like, brings all these genres of music and stuff. It's, like... And, like, all the song title, all the episode titles are named after songs. But, to me, it's like, if, like, for example, for you, it's like, if you want to get back into me, yeah, Samurai Shepard, you can still finish it. But, definitely, if you're into, like, sci-fi, you know, bounty hunters, Cowboy Pop is a good one. Because it's got a good narrative. And, you know, if you're into, you know, like I said, if you're into bounty hunters and, you know, with a good jazz, blues-style music soundtrack to it, by all means go with that because I even got Cowboy Bebop the movie and supposed to Cowboy Bebop the movie supposedly takes place between two episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was the original title for Cowboy Bebop the movie was Cowboy Bebop Knocking on Heaven's Door which is a Bob Dylan song. Mm-hmm. Of course, Japan, that's what it went by in Japan but of course when they brought it to the West it couldn't because of copyright rights. So that's why they ended up calling it Cowboy Bebop the movie. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, it's called Bebop knocking on Heaven's Door. And, and like I said, if you look at Kawa Bebop, it's one of the most OG animes of all time. It was like late 90s. After it was like 98, it came out. And it came out in 2001 when I saw it. I'm like, and I saw the dub, and it was like, it was hardly cut because it was shown at late night where they could, it would show the uncut versions was late at night because they figured kids are asleep. That's what they call it Adult Swim. Good, good character, good, um, good name on Cartoon Network. And just watching that, holy shit, you know? It was really cool. You know, it was like, it got me back in the anime. It's like, holy shit. And then all of a sudden I saw Samurai Shampoo. I'm like, holy shit. And then all these other anime started dropping my hand. It's like, it. I was starting to fall in love with anime over again. And of course, then came along Crunchyroll and stuff. Having Naruto and all that stuff on there. I got into Naruto very heavy. I got the whole manga run. Like... With me, when it comes to anime, it's like, if I love the anime, I'll read the manga. Just to see, just to see how they were able to adapt these things. And sometimes I'll do a reread, but for you, yeah, I will finish Shamrock Shampoo, get into Cowboy Bebop, and like I said, if you want to get into My Hero, get into My Hero. Take your time. You don't have to, like, binge it all once. If you want to watch a few episodes, watch a few arcs, watch a few arcs. And that's the problem with, like... And that's what sucks that there's just so much shit now to, con- like to consume ones, dude. <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing is just like there's just so much shit now that we are able to consume as far as entertainment goes, or like mm-hmm. keeping up with the multiple amounts of streaming platform properties. But it's like fuck. There's more or less. It's it's not like 
it's not even the trouble of finishing now. It's just more or less now if you want to start getting into shit. Yeah. And that's a problem because there's just so much that's like with to, me, yeah. to see. And, like, that's why... And then, like, what I... Do, like, I like word of mouth shit sometimes a little more than what I'm reading and, like, the what pops up in, like, magazines. Like, obviously, I check it out if I read because I still read Esquire. But, like, shit, like... That you'll see in blogs, right? Like, mm-hmm. we'll say, like, Entertainment Weekly. Or, oh, you gotta check out this movie star. Like, or different things. And then sometimes I, I like, jumping from platform to platform to see this random shit. Like, the, the minute I saw, um, I think it was, like, a random Tuesday. We were awake. They, they put I Love You, Man on Amazon Prime. I watched it. Still made me fucking laugh. And I was like, oh, cool. It's still a solid movie that made me laugh. It's great. And I was like, man, I haven't seen that movie in a while. But it had to be on Amazon Prime for me to watch it. And, like, I remember seeing on Netflix, I never watched it. But I think it's just, like, now that the all these comp- people have to work on getting those moods. And I think that's why, like, that whole, like, week-to-week thing is going to fail. Because now that, like, oh, everyone's going back to work. Um, air quotes. Air parentheses, air quotes. Like, it doesn't... It's not accounting for the millions of people who have may have found a different way to earn their money these, this past pandemic, right? Either whether they invested in their own business, side hustles... Um, working remotely, like intaking, I think, and even in considering the summer, like I, there wasn't a lot of movies or stuff being into, but I think it was great, uh, at least for me personally, that like NBA basketball is on, um, international soccer, like two sports I absolutely love that are both at the same time, and it's going good, and it's it's a new story this year, like new teams are up, and and obviously impressing in the in the grand, you know, given the opportunity they have. In the worldwide stage. So it's very nice to get into things like that. And then, like, I think summer, most most people hopefully will, like, start getting into stuff that they kind of put in the back burner. I mean, at least considering that we're in the Midwest, like, for us, the summer is key to get shit done. Because six months out of the year, we're fucking in, in, the, in the snow, it's cold, or it's fucking raining. One of the three. So it's, like, yeah. those, the summer, it's, like, it's hard to intake those things. But, like... I like seeing um, that, like these streaming platforms are competing to have properties that still hold up. Yeah. Like even if it's movies or shows, or like you mentioned, Robotech as an example, getting like some flowers on Netflix and being given the opportunity no, to reach so, like, the market. It's, to, it's like going to like Funimation, but yeah, it's the same thing with anime because mm-hmm. one of the animes that now that's on Netflix, I don't know how they were able to get it, was Neon Genesis Evangelion. One of the most hard to find animes because all the Blu-rays were, all the DVDs were out of print. Not anyone carried them, and it got to the point there was a bidding war, and Netflix ended up winning the bidding war, and and it was like cool. They brought back Evangelion. Palm was they were people were hoping. I remember watching Evangelion when it used to be on late night tsunami, and they had the the cast, the dub cast from ADV Films. ADV was a former anime distribution service that went tank they got bought out by something they got you know went to bankruptcy and ended up getting absorbed I forgot who absorbed them but they did the dub for fun for um Neon Genesis so people were hoping once that Netflix got the rights are they going to reach out to the original voice cast or should it not became the case they had to get a new cast ended up getting a new voice cast to do the English version and it became a lot of controversy because um they had to change some of the dialogue for certain scenes and don't get me wrong, when it comes to, like, anime, subs, or dubs, it depends. I'm 50-50. I know people are just, like, the pure, they go with subs. 
There are even some subs that I sometimes I get annoyed by. But it depends. Like if if it's an anime taking place in the US, I would like to hear it in English because it takes place in the US. Yeah. But if you want like an anime if an anime is like set in like, you know, feudal Japan, watch in Japanese. It makes sense. Um it just depends. Like if you're like Johnny like sometimes you'll get people that were like they used to be on TV screen, they become anime voice actors and they become well respected and well known. Uh, for example, Johnny on Bosch. People don't realize he was a Power Ranger. He played Adam on the Power Rangers. We took over for Zack. Hmm. And eventually, you know, after his run on Power Rangers ended, he got into voice acting to the point he's one of the most recognizable anime voice actors out there. And he's still doing voice acting. He's right now I think recently he's doing um he did a lot of the Webtoon adaptations. Webtoon is like a Korean Mawa service, which everything's in English, but the cool is that it's colored. You can you can watch it, read it for free. So now Crunchyroll made a deal with Webtoon to create um, animes based on those works, and he was brought along to do dub work for it. Um, and of course, he's also known as Ichigo Kurosaki from Bleach. He's also known as you know Vashon Stampede from Trigun. He's in like so many different like animes. He's well known. Todd Habercorn. He's known as Natsu from Fairy Tale, you know. Christopher Sabat, freaking um, Piccolo, Vegeta, All Might, freaking Sean Schimmel, Goku. And this funny thing is, when I watch Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, I watch it in English because that's what I grew up in. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to the the voice actresses who like the voice actress who does Goku because she holds the record. She holds the Guinness record. For voicing the same character for so many IPs. She's done Goku from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super. For the video games, when they had video game voice acting, audio CDs, audio dramas. Like commercials as Goku or PSAs as Goku. Merchandise that had talking Goku. She did it all. She's like one of the OGs when it comes to voice acting. And like right now, it's like with me with One Piece, it's like... You know, I'm watching out One Piece itself. Right now, One Piece is like one of the longest animes right now because recently episode 980 came out. <laughs> 980. Jesus and they're barely on the one arc that's still being worked on right now. Because basically the anime is catching up to the manga. To the manga basically now. And the creator of One Piece, he's like, I'm only like 20% done with the story. He's still writing it. I know he's been taking some breaks because of health-wise. But he's still writing the story. And now that's getting adapted into live action by Netflix. But what's cool is the creator of One Piece, he's the second producer. And he gave the creator showrunners what he wants the cast to be diverse. He even said himself, I want the cast to be as diverse as I can. They don't all have to be Japanese. I want to be diverse. He's like, here's the list. Here's my description for each of the characters. Here are the nations each of his characters should represent. And when I saw the list, I'm like, holy shit, dude, it was so diverse. The only Japanese person on that list was Zoro. Was the only Japanese mentioned. Like, Luffy, he wanted Luffy to be Brazilian. Nami from, like, um... I think Nami was from, like, a European country. Sanji was going to be, like, French. Um, Robin was going to be from another country as well. 
Chopper was going to be from, like, Norway. Frankie was going to be from the U.S. Like, American. He wanted an American to play him. So, I'm just curious to see. when I know they're working on it. I don't know when it's supposed to come out. But one thing I noticed in Japan, even, like, um, listening to, like, the guys from Trash Taste talk about was how they had tried to adapt manga or anime into live action. It doesn't translate as well. Because it's like, you have these actors, unless they get the voice actors. I mean, the voice, if you watch, like, if you listen to anime and you see how they act and sub, they put their heart out. But just seeing them talking anime voices in live action is kind of weird and kind of cringy a little bit. And it depends how they film it, too, as well. And then, you know, they try to do that with Attack on Titan, the movie, the live action version. In Japan, even they, they panned it. Even they, because people got used to reading the manga and watching the anime, that's what it was. But seeing, like, live action, I mean, the, the special effects are cool, but it's kind of it's like watching the... Because remember we watched the full Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist yeah. live action version, and oh my god, dude, it was... And I read Full Metal Alchemist and manga, I'm like... The, it, Alphonse was great. I loved how they did the visual effects for Alphonse. Everyone wasn't too bad. Yeah. The only my biggest gripe is Winry wasn't blonde. She wasn't a tomboy. She was acting like a damsel in distress. And like she didn't even like throw a wrench at Edward because <laughs> she didn't get pissed off at Edward for like messing with his, with the chainmail, with the auto mail. It was like where's this like, you know. Tough as nails like Winry, who's like, yeah, she cries sometimes, but she's almost like, she's always a mechanic. What happened to her? And they made her almost like a damsel in distress in the, in the film. And same thing with Bleach. I'm like, I saw the Bleach live action film on Netflix. I'm like, it was kind of cool, but like, kind of changed the story a bit. I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to see it because like reading the manga and watching the anime. I see that like just watching those live action films were kind of cringe. And then when they try to make Death Note. The Western version of Death Note, the American version of Death Note. The only redeeming factor was they had Willem Dafoe as Ryuk. Mm-hmm. Even though we never saw his face, we saw a silhouette. We heard Willem Dafoe playing Ryuk. That was it. At least they kept the part of, oh yeah, Ryuk likes apples. At least they kept that part. Yeah, they only kept But that. they changed everything else around it. It's yeah, like they tried to make an American shit. version of it. It's like, oh my, I understand, but it's like, at least play true to the creator, you know? But they're not going to do that. That's what I mean, like, is that... I don't want it to become Disney-fied, and then it becomes shit, and then, like, when they try to, I guess you can say, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Redeem their property, it, then it becomes, like, a fucking... It, it kind of gets set in the back burner. Like, ever since that movie got released on Netflix, it's like, I remember watching great, the- now we're not gonna get, like... I want to see them at least upload the Japanese version, the live-action. The live-action version of that Because that shit's great. It's I know. Like, why I can't know, they give um, us that? But I think Crunchyroll itself shit. has the actual um, the show. Yeah, it has the live. Well, it has the original anime, but it has also the the live action drama mm. Death Note, which I haven't seen because Crunchyroll has live action dramas on there, and they have the Death Note one. I have not seen it, but you saw the film, like yeah. the Japanese version of it. That was great. That's what got me into it, and and that's what I mean. It's just like, it's like the same thing with the girl with the dragon tattoo. Does the Swedish. I highly recommend people check out the Swedish films for it because, I mean, it's from Sweden, so it makes sense. But, like, I'm not saying that the American versions of the movies aren't bad. Um, I still got to see the other one that was made here. But, like, they had good actors, um, very prolific ones at that, a good story, a good 
uh, composition. It was great. It, I think it did. Obviously, it wasn't perfect, but I didn't want it to be perfect. It was. I wanted it to be its own because because if you watch the Swedish one and watch the American one, they're both kind of similar, similar but very different. And I think what that but it makes each one stand out and it's alone by itself. Like they're both very entertaining properties. The Swedish one adapts the book very well compared to America. But like you mentioned, we we get stuff here and they have to. Do some shit with these focus groups that just ruin everything. But like, yeah, localization. Yeah, there you go. And so, it's like that's, that's all. That's, like, that's, what I hate. Like, that's how anime was. When, yeah. Like when the before you know Funimation started finally just doing a translation of it. Because if they're gonna continue, like that's what I mean. Like that's if they're gonna continue. To, when it comes to, to localization back then, now it's much better. Yeah, it's much better. But like, like I, back then it was worse. Like, back then, like, yeah. that's what. Same with like. video games now. It's like these JRPGs that come from Japan. I'd rather have them do translations versus waiting for them to dub it. Yeah. And that's why, like, right now I'm playing the Antilia Ryza series. And then they, the, the last one, I think, I have one of the ones I have to go back and play it. That was actually dubbed in English. But instead of having to wait and localize it, they just translated it and released it with the original voice language, it was Japanese. Now, that's fine. I don't mind reading subtitles, you know? And yeah, I'm learning Japanese, and it's like I'm starting to pick it up more. But I'm noticing now, it's like I'm starting less and less looking at the subtitles, looking more at the animation when I'm watching sub now. Because I'm starting to understand like the way like Japanese like based on like if you watch like like I said, definitely watch sub first to get it. Was the sentence structure of Japanese? It's very different how we our sentence structure is. Yeah, very different. Was usually the subjects at the beginning versus usually it's at the beginning. Versus us, where you know the object of the sentence is usually in the back. In Japanese, it's just the first thing that comes to mind, or just the way the sentence is like. So it's like, I'll say you know, hello, my name is you know franchise. I could say you know, konnichiwa, watashiwa, franchise. You know, that's how pretty much how I say it. That's the greeting. Hmm. It's just the way how it's structured. Or this guy's like pretty much a question mark. It's like a placeholder. You know, it's like with that. So like with me now watching anime like sub, it's like I'm more watching sub. But like I will go back and do a rewatch. I'll rewatch and dub and see if how what little changes they made. And what I like about here with the dubs, at least they try to get the English voice actors try to match up with their Japanese counterparts and how they do their emotions, how they scream like them, or try to match kind of like the vocal tones a little bit just to pay tribute to them. You know? Yeah. Like my hero does a good job of that with the dub. Like, I will watch that either sub or dub because they did a phenomenal job with it. To the point, like, freaking Bakuko's voice actor, who does his voice actor in English, it's the same gringy how the Japanese version is. <laughs> They're both the same. It's like, it's like crazy. But, it, like, like I said, for you guys, like, you know, watch either way. Now there's so many services you get into anime, there's Crunchyroll, there's High Dive. High Dive handles a lot of the Sentai Filmworks licensed animes. You have Netflix now. You got Hulu. You got Amazon Prime. You got these all these access to animes. It's just finding out what you're more into. You're into your sci-fi. There's a bunch of that. If you're into horror or supernatural thirst, there's animes for that. You're into romance or romantic comedies, there's animes for that. Slice of Life. If you like, you know, school settings, there's a bunch of those. Shonen. More familiar, there's action ones for you. There's battle ones. Especially Food Wars. Yeah. 
which I do recommend if you like food and you like battle battle style shows, watch Food Wars. It's like watching Hell's Kitchen times a thousand. <laughs> because it's all about basically they battle food. They have food competitions. It could be almost the littlest thing they go over. They, it could be like, you know, they have a shokugeki, uh, pretty much it's a food battle. Basically, they could battle over, you know, rights to owning a knife set or any topic that's settled in the, the arena, basically. Yeah. But looking at those recipes, and what I like about it too is when they try it, it becomes almost edgy because at the point they lose their clothes, they go to like a food gasm and they lose their clothes because they're overwhelmed by the flavor of the dish. But it is a really good anime, which I need to get back into because they released the final season this year, this earlier this year, and I need to get back into it. But definitely, um, Fubor Shokugeki no Soma, definitely recommend it if you're into like battles and food. Dude, the recipes, man, they're pretty interesting. They're really interesting. But just watching like the reactions, and it's like, like I said, it's like watching Hell's Kitchen times a thousand. Yeah. And that's what we gotta do today. Yeah, watch Hell's Kitchen. But like I said, but like I said, um, for like anime wise, like I said, if you decide get into it, mm. will you get back? Will you go back and watch Dragon Ball? We're just like, no, God, no, <laughs> not anymore. It's not gonna hit the same. Like, but will I'll, you check I'll, out the ones that I kind of recommend on so far? Yeah, like there's ones I'll jump into. It's just. It, it, <sighs> A moody with entertainment. Well, look good what Hulu is since they got that that um, agreement with Funimation, like that like partnership deal. Yeah. A lot of the newer ones that are on Funimation are available on Hulu. Like, definitely check that out. Shugahino Soma, Food Wars. But also, to Black Clover, and to, like, giving into, like, Magic and Dark Arts. Definitely, um, Black Clover's a good one. My Hero. We got the Superhero Fix. And even if you guys, like, even though, like, dude, if you get into, like, how the process of manga is done, and it's done by the creators of Death Note, it's called Bakuman, which is done by the creators of Death Note, and pretty much, they pretty much wrote and drew how they get into the manga process. And it's by the creators of Death Note. It's on, it's actually on Hulu, it's called Bakuman. And it's about these two guys who were like in high school and one's good at writing, the other one's good at drawing, and they both decide, hey, why don't we do a manga together? And, it, and it, what's cool with the anime, yeah, they, they cut some things out or they spread a few things out because the manga is something like 20 volumes. And it's really cool to like reading it because it, it, like, you're basically there with them every step of the way when they do a rough draft, they do a storyboard, and they're funny, they work with their editor and it gets to the point where they either have to change up, you know, the stories or they have to start over from scratch and do something else. And just the time and effort that these characters make to get their manga published and get popularized into an anime. Well, what's cool with this anime, like this manga, it, it, it goes through the whole, like, steps. Basically, how it takes for manga, this effort is just to get this book serialized, get this book collected into volumes. Get to the point. That's one of the goals. Get into anime. Get it animated so that you know you can at least get some royalties out of it as well. Yeah. But they do it too to share their art, to share their vision. You know, share like what the ideas they have to share with the audience. Share you know now. Now you can find manga anywhere, like any bookstores now. Yeah. They become more and more prominent. The sections keep getting bigger, and I think it's. It's like it's I like cool. for a fact that more like publishing companies here in the U.S. like Viz Media or um, Seven Seas Entertainment or Yen Press. 
because they work for a lot of the big publishers in Japan to bring these works over here, like Kondansha, of course, they're bringing their, their works over here as well, Viz. It's synonymous with, like, you know, Bleach, Naruto, Shonen Jump, because Viz usually works with Shonen Jump, the, the covers with Shonen Jump, so they bring a lot of that stuff over here. Yeah. But it's cool, like, now manga is being more and more, like, prominent and read everywhere. Because, like, even in Japan, the, every adult, the average, you know, adult reads manga, basically, or watch anime. Because it's the most common thing ever. Yeah. But like I said, you know, guys, like I said, give it a try. Like I said, there's so many services out there where just give it a look. Like, talk to your friends who are into anime and ask them what your opinion, you know, what do you feel should you start with? It yeah. just depends. Like, just don't let them spoil it for you. <laughs> yeah, just don't let them spoil it for you guys. That's a, just tell them, just give me a title and I'll check it out. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it, yeah. Um, because yeah. that's what ends up happening and it makes me not want to watch it even more. Uh, you can give a basic plot, but I, I guess like it's not like a brief synopsis of it. But yeah. I just like there's something there's something magical about like stumbling into like a show mm-hmm. and after an episode or two because that's how I usually gauge it. Like one or two episodes of a show, I'll have a good idea if I'm going to get into it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that first episode has to be pretty captivating. It doesn't have to be all the time, but it has to be significantly attention grabbing in order for me to watch past the second one because like I said there's just too much um and I feel like when it comes to that shit uh this is why there's podcasts on like literally anything and I think it's beautiful at the end of the day because there's like we were saying earlier like I like that people are passionate about like the littlest things like even what type like I mentioned doorknob like there's people out there who are fascinated with doorknobs and know all the history of doorknob like Listening to the podcast the other day about trees, I got so fucking fat. Like, trees are fascinating as fuck. And, like, hearing this guy talk about it, I wanted him to have his own podcast because it sounded like I was hearing, like, Corey Haim. Like, this Corey Haim type of guy, like, describe trees and stuff. Because he sounded like Corey Haim. It was so <laughs> weird. R.I.P. to Corey Haim. But, like, it sounded like him. And it was just kind of like, oh, this guy talking about trees. It made me, like, I didn't know there was a career path you can you can be in just studying trees. So I was just like, fuck, man. Like, so the more the more and more stuff I like that, it's like I want to see that. And obviously you've seen that in anime expand. Like, there's so much for everything. So I think that's good. And what I'm saying is that I think that gives them an advantage. And it's something, it's like a lesson to teach Western animators that, or these big production studios that they need to, like, innovate. Like, rather quickly. You can't just only let Disney handle superheroes all that stuff obviously i'm going to talk shit about dc because they just don't know what they're doing but like when it comes to that if you want to transcend the tv screen and move on to big feature films and shit or like more properties that tell different stories of different types of people and whatnot like topics that are engaging like i just don't think we need another um like the last thing we need is is another drama show about a region like like i've seen dallas got revamped and like dallas is a a show that's been around forever and then we got a show like yellowstone which is essentially the same type of show it just happens to be in yellowstone right like i don't want to see that happen to anime or moving forward because the oversaturation because that's what that's what happens like same thing with music i never thought there'd be a day where like i never wanted to like do deep dives on different artists, but I mean, like that's that's what I mean. It's like it's it's something very magical. I'm just stumbling upon 
a certain show or or IP that like fuck this is amazing. Like it makes you feel like you just listen to the Stones again. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to me, I don't see anime being now or sexual. Now there's so many genres and many different things. It's all about you know what you want to dive into. That's what much to me that it is. Like I said, because like pretty much like you know, it depends. Like with me, it's like now that I finished these animes for the current season, now I can go back and binge the ones that I haven't seen for a long time. I've been out for years. Yeah, it's because now with my anime list, it's like now it's like it's like it's nice to watch it when it's in the hype. Yeah, but I think like once it, there's it's like, my, like the fandoms made it worse. Academia, like I don't want, I don't like go to Twitter and listen to comments. I don't want to deal with any toxic fan base because especially those Attack on Titan fan bases are really toxic. Oh, they're they're, it's they're, everywhere. they're, they're really toxic. It's in everything. Yeah, yeah, they're really toxic. It's like that's why you know the amount of fucking vegans. The amount of vegans that I like, I see because that. then you have like the manga purists are like, yeah. oh my god, but, like it's like that's what I mean. Like, but I like I look at it, it's pretty much anime, it's like an interpretation. Like they're they're adapting the work, you know, like, they they try to do the best they can. It's like and also the paying tribute to the to the, the creator, the artist. Yeah, but it's like yeah, you're not going to please everybody. That's what it is. Like recently, Attack on Titan, the manga. I guess the creator had to make a new ending to his manga because people hated the, the first one, the first ending. But when and I, then I now it's like he had to go back and like redo it, like yeah. do an epilogue to explain what happened to these characters. Which, like I said, I don't. I haven't. I'm, I still got to catch up on the manga. My second time. That's why I haven't gone to the anime. I, I think I lost track somewhere in season one, season two because the anime kind of like because the anime went went to hiatus so much because the manga kept taking breaks as well. So the anime took a break as well. <laughs> they they they, they start too way away from the main plot. It's like they add so much backstory, which I understand. They want to add backstory to the characters, but so like you can only add so much background to it. It's like I just want to get to like the main plot and just move it along. This is almost like an example, like I said, Beacon heard in the episode about you know fillers. That's basically what it is. you see a little yeah. bit. It's like you see a little bit now with today's manga uh, anime. You always see a little bit, but what I like about My Hero when you do fillers, they bring these other characters that they really make them interesting. What I mean It's just like. I... But the only fillers are only like one or two episodes. That's it. It's like they don't stretch it out. They only have like one in between. But I like about sometimes they'll do like these red cap episodes and for new seasons just to, you know, get everybody engaged and catch up like what happened in the previous season. That's what I do like. As you should because there's just so much shit that you got to see though that like it's hard to keep track of stuff. Like even, even to this day. And that's what I mean. Like maybe it, it does go to say that like binge watching has its advantages because you are intaking this shit right away and you're looking for the next thing and and they're they're it's good that like these obviously these production studios are taking advantage of that it is nice to see that animators are getting work i i do like to see all that it's just dude, but dude. from a creative standpoint because like, the way i don't like seeing everything only in a financial lens because i think that's just bullshit at the end of the day because it is i think it's stupid that like unfortunately we all have to participate in a society that things that are made are things that can only that can only bring financial gain. Everything else has to be yeah, thrown it's like, to the side. Like, and then we're like we're deprived of yeah. like of stories that are very much relative to daily existence for humans and it all goes on the wayside because McDonald's has more money. Like as an example. But you mean you know what I mean when I'm saying like Disney has commodified all that mm-hmm. and they that's what they did smart. Okay, I don't I don't fault them with that. Let's just buy two very important properties that are going to be here for a good long time, and let's just own it so that it can make money for us. 
as opposed to like think of we came we we were in existence and we got to see the Disney animation renaissance of the 90s and how captivating and great and captured so many fans and then we saw the live action and it's bullshit so I'm just like it's hard to capture lightning in a bottle twice and Disney's trying to start their own thunderstorm and they ain't catching shit is what I'm saying is that like you can only do this so much and I think like and that just naturally happens when you get to that level of success where you, like, like, you got to set a new yeah, standard. Yeah, it's like when they... But who they, says you have to set it is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like the same I mean? thing when they, they try to adapt like video games into like films as well. At least, yeah, At least exactly. Sonic the Hedgehog did a really good job. Like to me, they did a good job because... Like those things have to get a movie first before we get like a fucking... As much as I want to see a Halo movie, those properties need to get a movie first before they get something. And... But like, like because we've seen it time and time again. But you know what really suck. that's really good? Castlevania on Netflix, dude. Yeah, it's good. I've seen it. And it's good, but that's what I mean, like Like I need to get back into it, but dude, they released the fourth season and they just announced that they're doing another Castlevania series. Yeah. But now they're moving the story forward. It's like just, it's now gonna be new characters because they're going along the, the, the Belmont legacy basically. And that's good. But you know what do you understand what I mean though? Is that like give the people time to create good shit. Good content, good quality stuff that, like, these animators... Like, uh... Like, Yasuke on Netflix, dude, was really good by Sean Thomas. Um, he does Cannon Busters. He has his own... He's an African-American... He has his own animation studio in Japan, and he wrote Cannon Busters. Yeah, that's I gotta cool. watch, too. He did Yasuke, and Yasuke, if you people don't realize the legend of Yasuke, he was, uh, an African slave that came into Japan and pretty much caught the attention... Uh, Nobunaga, where he has never seen a colored person before, and to the point he thought he was just covered in suit, and they tried washing him, but he become he eventually became a samurai under under Nobunaga, to the point where he's immortalized in Japan in the museum, mm-hmm. and they and Lashon Thomas decided to take that legend, and you know put his little spin on it, which it was only like a few episodes, like six episodes I think it was, but it was really good. Yeah, it had magical elements to it to expand the story, but it's actually really good. I haven't seen it in Japanese. I've always seen it in English, though. Even the English, though, was really well done. But I think the Japanese version is a little better because they actually had, like, Japanese is really good in it as well. I have to be watching Japanese, but it's one of those top animes. And, of course, I saw um, The Great Pretender did a great job with that, where even though I watched the dub version, what I liked about it first... They started with the Japanese actors first, and then when they, like, when the two actors came back, came to America, like, now this part's gonna be, sh- they're like, American, even the narrator's like, this now is gonna be, like, what they sound like in English. So now I got, and the great story is good because you had different characters from different backgrounds. You had this guy, uh, LeBlanc, who was, like, almost like, uh, LeBlanc, who's almost like, uh, he's, like, French, and then, of course, you got this kid, uh, Makoto, who's, you know, from Japan, and he's, like, a car artist, he's trying to, you know, scrunch on by. He runs into him, tries to con him. Eventually, he gets caught into joining him under the escapades. This yeah. is a really good. I like about it, it has a good ending track of Freddie Mercury's uh, Green Pretender. Oh, great. It's a good That's ending a song, song, which, dude, I recommend if you into like. It has a good like music soundtrack as well. If it's like a heist anime, so it's like heists. They do these. They each like arcs like a heist of what they're planning. Yeah. And what's cool is they con, you know, evil people basically. What they see is evil people. And it's really good. It's really cool. It all plays out, but there's a narrative. But like I said, I don't want to go too much deep into it. Definitely check it out. That's on Netflix. It's called Great Pretender. Because like I said, that's why I go on Netflix is to watch the original animes. 
No, I mean, believe me, they got a lot of properties. Like I said, they're investing a lot into anime. Well, they have to because they have anything. They don't have anything else, dude. They yeah. really don't. That nostalgia train's gone. Not everybody likes Friends. Like <laughs> I, I, the amount of people who like Friends, and the amount of people I, the amount of people who I feel don't like Friends, I would hope that there's more people that don't <laughs> like Friends. I, I don't hate it. It's just like I don't understand why it's so nostalgic of all the great shows from the 90s dude out of all the great shows from the 90s like this is being so like immortalized under like uh the younger part of the millennial shit and whatnot it's interesting but i'm also kind of like when you watch it like obviously i had more chance to watch it when we're in mexico but like like it's fun it's interesting seeing uh our, our cousin I, what between 18 to 21 age graph demographic like it's interesting seeing them kind of like get into friends but also like you don't even know what they're talking about like you weren't even like what are they like half the stuff is pretty dated and yeah because like, it was like a 94 yeah in the and, 90s. And obviously it's unrealistic but then like also the fact that like those jokes some of the shit like you can't possibly understand that because you're first like we don't use any of that shit you were a baby when it was, so there's no way you can conceptualize how important that was to American culture. But it doesn't matter. I guess what I mean is that, like, I don't know how it got such an explosion of popularity, but the amount of, like, Friends memorabilia I see everywhere now. At Barnes & Noble, they had that, like, fucking... They had a whole bookshelf full of just Friends stuff. So I'm just kind of like, I know we got to ride trends and the waves of what it's all about, but I'm just kind of like, out of all the shows... I want to see a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fucking de- designated shelf. Why can't we see that? Why can't I see a Family Matters one? Why can't I see a, like, uh, I don't know. And albeit, it's funny that, like, like, I would have loved to see even a George Lopez on for But it's it funny now, not like, the old, Office now is getting blown up again, too. It's like the and office, it's not even that old. Office has only, like, been, like, what, since 2013 or something? Yeah, and, like, we it? love The Office, but I'll be, I'll, I will be constructively biased in this one where I'm just like, why? Like, I we I love The Office. I get it. I love Parks and Rec. But I could clearly see why more people prefer Parks and Rec to The Office. I could clearly see why the people couldn't get into The Office. I understand it completely. Even to this day, we're, getting, we're seeing it getting washed on There's NBC Peacock already. Now is starting to- yeah, and that's fine. But I'm just kind of like... Why is that show not... Or, like, it's getting immortalized now, but, like... Why is Friends being something that, like... Oh, it must be really cool to live in New York. Being a uh, mid to older 20-something... And think that, like, oh, I can have it made if I work here. And then, like, all my friends are having to all be good-looking. They're all successful <laughs> on their own, right? For somehow reason, they all share a- enormous apartments in a-, a New York, of all places, which makes no sense. Because, oh, yeah. no, we've been watching um, this guy on YouTube, uh, Cash Jordan, shout out Cash Jordan. He's been, he, it seems to, we have deduced that he might be a realtor, but he does these, like, New York apartment showings, like, just little tour things. Mm-hmm. As he goes and visits, and the amount, and every time he show, and look, we're from Chicago. There's, it's not too far different, but the amount of space that New York gets compared to like some of the apartments I've lived in Chicago and been around, I'm kind of like, why do people like fucking New York so much? I really don't get it. Like, well, I was paying nine hundred for the apartment you I had, and it was pretty decent for the the space you were getting and shit. The one bedroom apartment I had, mm-hmm. pretty good. We saw a video that they were charging like 1600 1700 for like this 7 by 11 foot studio thing 
that barely had a bathroom. It was just kind of like, and you're paying this much, but it's about the majesty of living in New York or whatnot. And I just don't understand. But maybe it's because I'm not from New York. But it's like, when I when I hear people have certain experiences in Chicago and stuff, and then they say this, like, oh, it's because you didn't go to Chicago, dude. You went to only River North. Like, you know how big Chicago is? It's like, there's so much yeah, cool shit. call it shit. a second city for nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we had our experience in New York. And for, I think New York is overrated. I'll stand by it. Um, but it's only because we didn't get to go to Queens or to go to Brooklyn or to see the other Park. boroughs. Yeah. We were in Manhattan the whole time. We were in, Hell's, fine. Ki- it was we were in short, Hell's Kitchen, basically. It was a short trip. But I was just kind of like, this was not that busy. Like. I'll say for New York, it's not bad to visit. Yeah, I would live there. I just want to live there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. And it's just. I think I big shout out to the guys to everyone that lives in New York. The yeah. Kudos. I get, yeah. But, uh, you stick I, to like it. I said, stick it's to great your to pride. Visit, but I, like, stick to your pride. But like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, we're not any perfect either in Chicago. Like, we can have our amount of problems like crazy. But at the end of the day, like. When when people say they love the city and, and they they stand by it, it's it's because it's, it is a pride. It is it is something. It was it. I my miss- friend, my friend who uh-huh. lived in New York, okay, tweeted this today. I miss the anonymity that came with living in New York. Because <laughs> there's so many fucking people, and no one knows. Yeah, you. and like you know, it's the same thing when we were in, in Chicago. Like nobody really gives a fuck. Like, unless, like, if you got, all you gotta do is walk like you have a sense of purpose somewhere. Like, you got a mission. That's all you have to do. And nobody really fuck, obviously, like, but I like that there's a balance, because there are people just fucking walking around, and you got tourists, and like, yeah, New York, yeah, the, say that word again. And, anonymity. And, anonymity. Uh, being anonymous, it's funny anonymous because even in an anime, city, it's, it's got its advantages. It's funny when anime is like, oh, I forgot what anime is it that they actually um, like even celebrities get shit on when they're in New York. It's great, I love that shit. Or it's like, oh, I think I just saw Tina Fey. Remember Conan O'Brien? Watch that. But that's what I mean. It's like that shit's cool. Or the same thing when like people made it such a big deal with Lady Gaga living in Chicago. But ask the people in Chicago if they made a big deal. Oh, that's cool. It's like no, nobody get like everyone's part of the city. And like Jerry Seinfeld lives in New York, and it's like it's like instead of living in L.A. with your with like your Chicago Fire actor, you came and lived in Chicago. That's fucking dope. When like he could have easily went over to L.A. or wherever you were. It's like no, I'm gonna stay here. It's a nice city. And then you saw her at Blackhawks games. That was fucking dope. It's like that's what I respect more. It's like a celebrity who instead of like living in L.A. because it does give you advantages of being an actor and all that stuff. No, I'm gonna move back to my town in Michigan, where I'm from. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think that's something very like authentic and, and awesome. That like that's what ends up happening. Like Chappelle lives in this oh, small Ohio. town, Ohio, and he's investing so much in that city. He's like, no, I want fuck that. I want these comedians to come over here. Yeah, fuck me going out. Why? And it's like you don't want. That's what you do when you're like at the boss level of what you do. You fucking they're gonna come to you. Just. And, 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 like, it's the same thing with athletes. I, I'm sure, like... Like, Michael Jordan doesn't have to live here. He probably doesn't. He lives in North Carolina. But I'm like, at those times, like, did he have to? No. But it's, like, something... It, there's something special about being in that... Like, you have to be in that environment to get an advantage of being part of that scene. Hmm. Like, you need... There is some semblance of opportunity that plays into surrounding yourself with around... I guess an industry that you want to be a part of, right? Like, yeah. if I'm gonna be, if I want to be the top bartender in the in in the world, I gotta bartend in the city because that's where you're gonna have the most shrinky spots, um, access to bigger markets, 
access to different types of customers and clients to where and you're able to build your experience and so i mean like and how i'm gonna bring it all back to anime i'm seeing anime do that now by taking advantage of the opportunities being given by these platforms to stream and give accessibility to its members to get this content and to embrace it and make it easier to showcase that and to, and obviously bring something new to the table and so that's what I mean is like if they want to play with the big boys they have to get onto that level yeah and there's something that's strong about like Netflix bringing out this original animation and it's getting success because yeah, it's they're like making so many good properties, content yeah because yeah. that's that, at the end of the day that's what it is right. Like, we complain so much that our favorite artist or whatever has to produce something, but then when we get it, it's fucking great, and we hold on to it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to not fall on the wayside because of the instant gratification thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I want to say. So, like, anime is in such a strong, good spot right now, and it can only go up from here. And as somebody on the outside looking in, I have nothing but respect and, and, and support for that animation and for art to expand its reach and to you know make it a thing here so yeah like like i said if you want to see like these creators like talk about i think um was it um netflix had their own like kind of i would say biased documentary called into the anime that's on netflix and what i mean bias this is pretty much you know they only interview like the artists and creators of animes only on Netflix. But I definitely recommend, guys, for somebody that's outside outside of, like, anime fandom, definitely check that out. It's called Enter the Anime, which is on Netflix. Like I said, it's a kind of a biased documentary. because they, 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 I mean, it's cool. They talk with the creators of these animes. Their ones are on Netflix, so definitely just call Enter the Anime. So that's my recommendation, guys. So I think, man, we've been talking almost no, like two yeah, hours. Oh, yeah, we got to wrap it up. So guys, um, that's it for this week. You know, yeah, this is the first time we ever talked so much about anime. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's nice to check in and like it kind of because just like it, I, I like to always reevaluate the shit I watch in a sense of like if I truly liked it because I enjoyed the thing I'm watching or is it because of like the high train or like trying to give it a chance like. But yeah. when, but I I liked it like I said I like that rush of stumbling upon something or going back and revisiting it or like watching it, I'm like oh this is why I fucking like it it's why I like Cuphead so much it just reminds me of Mega, Han- Mega Man so much and playing those games and it gave me this like you know it's 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 just doing something but doing it the, with fucking love and Cuphead cartoon coming out soon yeah I'm so excited but that's what I mean like it's, it, it can spawn something it's just if you do something with some sort of semblance of love and respect towards what you're doing that's gonna give you I feel like it's gonna it's gonna cater to the feedback loop that you're looking for as far as like acceptance or, or likability of a product you produce yeah. to make. So that's okay. why I want to see an anime that it's not just going to... I don't want it to see it complacent, but I also want it to see it challenge, innovate, and continue to find success in the Western markets. And for the time being, it'd be cool to see a live-action Dragon Ball Z that gets done right. <laughs> and, and not, not terribly. So, you know, it's like obviously America's got a lot of work to do when it comes oh, to adapting yeah, these oh, great yeah. titles. But uh, yeah... All in all, it, I guess we want to talk this episode up if you're an anime fan or someone who, if you wanna, who like, wants to understand the impact or influence it has in Western culture. I think this is a good episode for you. Okay, yeah, so if you guys, um, like I said, 
Make sure to mention any of the shows. If you want to follow me on my anime list and check out what I'm watching, my username is A-L-F-O-B-A-R-R-685. That's on my anime list. And you can check it out and see what I'm currently watching or what I have completed and what I rated each anime. Um, um, right now I'm currently watching Zombieland Saga Revenge. That's season two of Zombieland Saga, which is based on an original work by um, Psy Games and done by animated by Studio Mappa. I'm watching the part that it's called Sonic Dynamic Revenge. Check that out as well. Um, you can follow the podcast at Pop Talking, all one word. Um, you can follow me. I'm also doing Twitch. I'm on twitch.tv slash franchise 685. Um, I do kind of like JRPG games and stuff, so I do that on there as well. And like I said, check out these animes. And we'll catch you up with you guys next week. Um, as always, geek on. Take care. Before I forget, make sure to check us out not only on our main platform, Anchor, but also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Make sure on Apple, give us a five-star rating, please. Also, on Audible. You can also check out our stuff on Spring. Just go to spring.com, search for Talk and Pop. You can check us out on there as well for merch. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got coffee mugs. Make sure to do that. Support the podcast. And like I said, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkingpop. We do links to the episodes on there as well. But if you want to chime in, go ahead and chime in. Like I said, you can tweet us on Twitter as well. Well, thanks you go. Thank you so much for joining us this week. As always, geek on and take care. <laughs>